This morning's Dharma talk is titled, Not Close. So, not closed, not closed, not shut down. And sometimes we think we're open. We think we're receiving. We think we're, we even might even characterize ourselves as an open person. If you are characterizing yourself that way, this is the very nature of closing down. Proclaim nothing. Anytime you proclaim everything, you take the identity that has not been inspected and move that identity out into an opinion, an idea, a statement, some kind of thing to keep the world from seeing closely who you are. It's a kind of highly sophisticated paranoia. Let's say we wanted to not be... You don't want to be closed. Let's say that was the case. This is a path where that's what this is about. This is not about believing in something. This is a bunch of stuff. However, we need some stuff in order to give us a form, because if you don't have a form because of the nature of the human mind, you will lose track of this particular path called path of awareness, a path of wisdom, not knowledge. This is not, of course, it's called transcendental knowledge and all that, but it's actually wisdom, which is not the gathering of information or the coming to conclusions about things. It's not about belief, not about disbelief. So in order to be open, to be a genuine you could say, as it's conventionally said, open-hearted, open, open. You have to first, uh, depending on your particular style, karma, you know, whether you, where you're at in the zodiac and where you're at in the enneagrams and where you're at in anything, all those other structures. You have to first look at the way in which you're closed. You have to look very, very personally, intimately, and quietly in your own consciousness. This is why we face the wall and why we don't close our eyes. Face the wall, but don't don't close up completely. Don't go. There are other practices where they do something different. They go within and they close their eyes and they might do mantras. They might do, not, not incorrect. I've done many, many mantras. I practice with my eyes closed a lot. I don't do that now, and I don't teach that particularly. On the other hand, if you're sitting here and your eyes closed, it's not a problem. If they're closed for an hour, it's not a problem. But when you see it, open them up. They may need to close down for a while. So pay attention to your body. This this right here is more intelligent than any thought you ever had. This entire look, just look one area, just pick out one area. Uh, you know, just uh, look at the... You know, one little area of the body has more intelligence in there than all the conclusions that, that anybody's ever come to. It's an astonishing situation. Stop mistrusting it and going somewhere else, shutting down, jumping to conclusions, jumping to exclusions, tiring. So stop it. <laughs> And how, how would you work with that person? Because I can't, I mean, I could sit and talk to you and say, don't do that, do this, kind of a parental kind of thing, which maybe somebody needs a little bit of that push. But basically, you really need to do this by yourself. And this is a kind of path whereby you need to, you need to come this way and step on this path. But there's no propaganda to do this. this people should be, we should, you should really more than someone's uh, intelligence, you should trust people's confusion. Don't meddle with anybody. Mm-hmm. Respect people. And how do you do that? Start respecting your own con- confusion and uh, what's the title of the talk? <laughs> Not that close. Yeah, don't do that. Don't close. <laughs> don't close up on your own confusion. The very personal situation that is presented to you day after day after day at the breakfast table, uh, mowing the lawn, uh, taking an evening stroll or going into 
uh, a store to buy something, you know, you're always being pre presented with plus, minus, and neutral, plus, minus, and neutral. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It should be. It shouldn't be. And our board just flooded with this stuff. Please don't object to it. Please don't agree with it. And please don't distract yourself from it or look away. That's hard to do. It's hard to do because we try to do it with the intellect. We try to use our intellect to control ourselves. We're kind of hooked on trying to get better, trying to control. How do I do that? How people even will say, people have been meditating for years. Well, how do I stop this? How do I? And what do I say? Yeah. I, what? So you want to stop? I do. Yeah. Good memory. <laughs> so yes, it's a it's a matter of seeing that, and that's difficult because that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere. But that aspect, that portion of the consciousness that doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere, is uh, not who you are. That's your, shall we say, false self your invented self, sometimes called the narcissistic position that the consciousness sometimes takes, or the ego, it's unreal. You do not have to get rid of it, but you should keep your eye on it, and you do not have to push it away. If you do that, you make it worse. If you, if you fluff it up or try to say, well, at least I'm trying, please don't do that. Don't comment on anything. Take your medicine. Did your mother ever say that? Take your medicine. What is it? Trust me. <laughs> so, this is why we have a, a, a mind training where we sit down, sit, we, we control everything we can to hold still so that we can see. It's like sitting in front of a microscope or a telescope or some kind of a magnification. You need to magnify that. How do you do it? You sit down and you watch it come and go. If you interfere at all with your thought patterns, even the slightest little, there I go again, or the slightest little, I'm not feeling so good. Any commentary on top of what happens, here comes a negative feeling. And if you say to yourself in your, um, your interior conversation, your, your talk with yourself, you say anything about it, make no comments. Make, don't identify. Don't, don't do anything with it. And that may start by seeing how much you do that. And then also don't do anything with that. So it's no, uh, my teacher, uh, my Tibetan teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche would call that double negativity. You have the first negativity, which is difficult enough. And then the self-centered mind wants to add another negativity on it because it does not want to be seen. Your, your assumed self, your fancy, unreal self wants to stay hidden, wants to get credit for some things and not get blamed. Or sometimes if it gets really bad, then it will, in order to keep itself going and keep itself being some kind of reality that you feel like you are, it will actually take blame. Oh, it's just me. I just can't seem to get everything or anything right. I'm always goofing everything up. And I don't know why anybody would even like me, let alone trust me. Go the other way with it. Either way, equally nar narcissism, just a little bit more difficult to see. It's actually easier to hide out in that. Just like the uh, pride, the fancy pride is, here I am, look at me, look how shiny. Come on. See how great I am? The other kind of pride is the one that go, that doesn't want to be show up, that goes in the other way and starts uh, being uh, humble. You all know who you are. <laughs> and so it's not, about, it's not about correcting. Please, you don't have to correct anything, isn't it? Sound pretty good, doesn't it? Wouldn't it sound good if you don't have to correct anything? If I were to say to a person who's a student of mine, a committed student, I say, you do have to see it. You have to see the, the dilemma, the, the assumption that there's somebody who can do something. Every, everywhere you look, you're not, there's, nothing, there's nothing that belongs to you and nothing that you don't own. The whole territoriality thing that is uh, blown out of proportion by our family, our culture, our religions, including Buddhism. Buddhism is not, Buddhism also in some areas does the same thing, tries to get control of things, tries to say this is true and this is not true. This is a misunderstanding and a terrible one, creating uh, all kinds of havoc all over. We can't, the havoc that's been, that was started in the, the 13th century and uh, BC is still going on. Please don't get in the way of that, but don't take your eyes off from it.
what, what can you what can you if you someone says well what can I do I'll tell you what you can do train your mind you don't have to join Buddhism there's nothing here to join we have no membership don't need it Set some time aside, sit down, hold still, and watch the nature of your mind without accepting it, without rejecting it. In other words, no validation of anything, no uh, judgment or interpretation or analysis of anything. Now, off the cushion might be a little bit different, but on the cushion, you're just sharpening the awareness. The image I often use, the metaphor is, it's like, it's not exactly this, but it's like sharpening a knife. When you're sharpening a knife, you can't really cut anything with it. You're sharpening it, so it's kind of useless as a knife. Mind is useless from a pragmatic sense. When you get up off the cushion, and you find you've got a pretty sharp blade. When you, and you'll find that if you meditate a lot, maybe nothing will happen. Maybe the meditation will always be flat, boring, beige, or or or, or maybe it's uh, maybe you just your thoughts just come and go, come and go, come and go. You just chatter, chatter, chatter. People sometimes even say. Can't stop my thinking. I say, you don't have to stop anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything but just observe. It's like watching clouds in the sky. Just watch. Fish in a pond. Just watch. none of your business. Your thoughts are none of your business. If you think they they are, it just will get difficult, and it'll get more difficult as you approach the time when this whole body mind goes back into the into the earth, into the water, into the fire, into the air, into the space, and back into consciousness only. I'm not, I'm not predicting anything, but kind of how it looks. Boink. Probably make a louder noise than that. Boom. But that will happen. It's inevitable. Or they know, pretty inevitable. But you could find out who this is before that happens so you can see that what goes back into the earth, you're, you're, you're two things you're not separate from, and you're also not identical. It's an astonishing understanding, and you can have that before you die. I promise nothing. I guarantee nothing. I can't even guarantee you're going to die. But it kind of looks that way. I mean, is that epidemiology? It's a rhetorical question, and I was expecting an answer to those. <laughs> I did that a few months ago, and when you after the talk said, you're hiding out. <laughs> she said, "Do you know what the what rhetorical question means?" I fooled her. I didn't. She had explained. What you mean to talk? Jinchu has a question. I know her. She asks, is not closed the same as open? <laughs> well, the concepts are different. <clears throat> sometimes to, what I would say, that sometimes the saying uh, not closed might bring us more to what is actually occurring where you say open, then we're trying to, we're actually taking all of the unexamined um, opinions, ideas, concepts, projections, beliefs, and we're actually bringing those in as a nice little family and say, well, I'm very open. Well, I'm just going to try to be open. If you're trying to be open, this is ignorance. Don't try to be open. See the closure. That's why this has a, it's a via negativa, just a way of presenting it. They're the same as the uh, teaching of the Mahayana teaching of uh, emptiness. It's not exactly empty, but we have to say that because people assume and presume that the fullness is about the separate things. Me over here, you guys over there. I'm doing things good. That person's not doing so good. I'm getting better. I have more money. They have less money. And all the relative things that we use to evaluate and kind of see how we're doing, how we're getting along. That's who's better, who's worse. Whereas we say that everything you see is empty of what you think it is. And that actually might bring the consciousness out of its uh, love affair with concepts into pure perception. Pure perception. If, I, if, you, if, if anyone, if you look at something and see what it is, the thoughts about it are extra. It's like looking at 
it was like I can't look at that cake unless I can see the recipe at the same time. Otherwise, it's not there. Not far off. Yes, sir. Um, you had mentioned uh, nothing to correct. Um, but what you just described, when you when you observe something, it seems to change. Is that correction? No. But it seems to change in a more... Seems to move towards wisdom. That's a statement. I want a question. What does it move towards? It doesn't move anywhere. What does it do? It doesn't do anything. What's the movement? In your mind. I don't see any movement. I do. Well, then train your mind. So it'd be a little more like me. <laughs> <laughs> But train your mind so you actually you actually understand your own. If you understand what this is, you don't have any more questions. You don't have any more answers. The answers I come up with are only in regard to questions. If you don't ask questions, then I have to ask myself a question in order to even give a talk. I don't have anything to say, basically. Other than I want to help people. People seem to be suffering. Uh, I was helped by a couple of gentlemen who have long gone, passed away. And I'm through this particular form, this lineage that's been around for 2,500 years, or at least the Buddhist teaching, looks like a pretty good way to do this. But if you're if you're in a, this teaching is you know, the perennial philosophy. I mean, this is this is everywhere, and shows up in different ways in different traditions, including indigenous people we call Indians. It's, 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 it was there when we came in and invaded their country. And they, Stomped it out. Not wrong. It's just just cause and effect. Just what happens. It's just a ignorance. Further questions? Maybe I can continue to talk. Other questions? I can respond. Yes. Yesterday, you were talking about the three poisons, and ignorance was the most difficult one because we couldn't see it in the first place. No. And when you say not closed, we work with seeing the way we're closed. But if we are ignoring how we're closed, how can we see? That's why you. Uh, that's what. That's why you would need a path. You need some. The 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 formula for twenty five hundred years. The Buddha. The, the the path. The structure has been refuge in the Buddha. I kind of move out of the worldly dharmas of success and failure and praise and blame and all the other things that show up. I'm not going to have to quit your job. In our culture, you can do a little. You can be a householder practitioner. Or household, or yogini, or yogi, or whatever. Uh, but you would need uh, a teaching person, or the Buddha, which is not the Buddha himself or herself, but this uh, someone who knows a little more uh, to mentor you, to help you. You need the, the Dharma or the truth that was taught in this particular lineage. Is everything is dependently arisen. There are no separate beings or anyone anywhere. It's a basic teaching of, of Buddhism. And it's, uh, it shows up conceptually as emptiness, but it shows up further in the third turning of the teachings as Buddha nature. Just just another concept that points at something that really can't be pointed at. And so you would you would work with with a, a teaching person. You would work with a practice. You practice the Dharma through awareness practices like you've been doing, and then eventually uh, you see what is true, and and what you what you see will not be uh, an object. And what is seeing that will not be a subject. The subject-object uh, situation has been transcended. And since it's transcended, then you're free to function because your 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 motivation is about serving others whom, whom you are not separate from. But it's not like conceptual overall one. I don't mean that. We're not all one. We're all really, really different from each other and so extremely different that you know you should mind your own business. Tell anybody what to do. The only way I can tell, say to anything, anybody, is you come in this room and sit down. You've just given me permission for another 25 minutes. When you leave, do whatever you want. Forget everything I said. Don't believe a word I said. If you believe something I said, you, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. This is this. You come in here so you can leave here. Uh, as my teacher said, you need a teacher so you can leave the teacher. But don't leave the teacher until until you've understood what that is. And then do whatever you want. And the ignoring part 
of the three poisons is uh, passion is grasping or clutching, some kind of fixation, ignoring, or I mean, uh, aggression is pushing away, killing on the extreme or doing away with or uh, anger. And then, of course, uh, ignorance is, uh, it could be as simple as uh, this. Just ignoring them and being distracted by other things. So it's a very polished, sophisticated way of avoiding the very situation that you need to be looking at. When I say need to, you don't need to do anything. You can live lifetime after lifetime. Keep coming back over and over. It's just a big school. Third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Ah, go back to third grade. You blew that when you killed somebody out of anger. I'm not kidding you, and I'm also not telling you the truth. I'm not telling you the truth, it's a story. Everything is a story. Shakespeare knew this. The, the sages down through the centuries knew this. So there were probably lots of sages who just decided not to say anything because you don't have, you don't have any ears and there's no point saying anything. Um, what is transcendental knowledge? So it shows up in different ways. It could show up as a conceptual understanding that kind of starts to leave, starts to have some kind of uh, 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 some kind of um, anti-gravity kind of thing, pulls away from the from the stickiness of the concepts, the philosophy. You know, if you read something, uh, I'm just going to mention, and I'm not a scholar, so I haven't studied all these guys, but just enough to know that I don't want to study anymore. Uh, like Friedrich Hegel, very, very dense con conceptual constructs. And so uh, I would say that, that there's not much, you're not going to be able to lift off in that area because it's so dense. Kierkegaard was a, a philosopher, a theologian who was a you know, theistic approach to the whole thing. There's a lot of coming off the ground there as there was with Martin Buber, the Jewish theologian. Uh, there's a strong sense of of um, uh, sacredness of everything, and that's uh, not too common in someone who is so immersed in their concepts as those gentlemen were. So what we're doing here is we're we're uh, you could say it's transcendental knowledge, and that we un we begin to understand everything is dependently arisen. We begin to see that there is not a separate thing. We begin to understand conceptually that. Anything that's here has to be dependent on everything else for its apparent hereness, for its, its solitary identity. It can't. It's not, this, this is, as I often say, this is not separate from bamboo or trees. This is not separate from clay, and this is not separate from the hand that's showing you this. Not separate. Not separate. It's in motion all the time. So it's it's very much like uh, watching a movie or watching a. You ever had a sixteen millimeter? Shut it off, and there's one picture. That's called a moment. Moments don't hook together. They just look like they do. It's the mind that hooks them together. If you see what this is, time stops. There no more, there's no future. There's no past. And don't believe anything. This is not something to believe. If you're going to do anything with it, it might be better to disbelieve it. But I wouldn't go too far with that because then you start to do what? What was the title of the talk? Not close. Yeah. You begin to be close. You begin to be not open. Does that work? Yeah. It gets too simple, I get confused. <laughs> so the, the further stage, you could say it this way, and this could happen different with different people. Some people, some people awaken, they have a spontaneous realization without any practice at all. They just come into life and when they're 23 years old, something suddenly they just Maybe there's drugs, maybe there's not. Sometimes they just, something happens and things just blow apart for them and they no longer are stuck on their concepts. But unless they have a practice, uh, that all starts to creep back in because it becomes well, an experience. Realization is not an experience. This is an experience. I use this example over and over again. Hopefully, uh, not that I hope for much, but let's say, hopefully, Gone. Experience, gone. Reality, if you see it, because you, you, the reason it doesn't go anywhere is it's always been there. You've just been doing this. It's like you're a chimpanzee. And then you wake up and you realize that you're not separate from anything. 
So how's it going to go? It's not an experience. I mean, it has an experiential quality, flavor, taste, smell, touch. All the sense fields are included in that. You actually know this. You know it all the way, all the way down to the center of the earth and all the way out to the forest galaxy you can give a name to. And you know it, and it's not fancy. It sounds fancy, it's, but if you were going to put a word on it, it would have to be sacred. And it may have feelings to it or something, but the, it's not the, it's not the feeling. The feelings might be attendant to that because you might be somewhat in awe, which is short for awful. You know about that. Didn't we talk about that recently? Yeah. <clears throat> Isan, isn't it? Isan. What does that mean, Isan? Healing mom. How's it working? Healed any, <laughs> standing still a lot. Have you any mountains? Are you a mountain? Are you a mountain? Kind of. Quite a hill. Quite a hill? That's good. You're a healer. You're a nurse. Remember what your question was? Good. So when we're with in, in the company of a person who is closed mm-hmm. um even if we sometimes yes. i see that as a, you know i know yeah. i'm closed and I, it's a reflection what's the question how do how what should we do how do we interact with that just look at the closure but don't add to the closure by by trying to figure out what you should say to them or how you should re- don't strategize anything just your first first perception of the close just look at the closure because what you're seeing there is their buddha nature and when they're trying to ask for, either ask me to do something or ask me to fix something. Well, it's very situational. So some things you might do and other things, you know, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't discuss it too much, whether you either do it or don't do it. Explain nothing. Let Because they're already explaining everything. And if you start explaining stuff around what they're explaining to themselves, then they don't hear themselves. They don't hear their craziness. They start to mix in your situation with theirs. Well, go ahead. That's really helpful. Uh, well, good. Yes. Less is better. Just listen. The feeling that you're not helping them uh, is ego. Believe, don't, be, don't believe a thought you have. And don't disregard it and don't disbelieve it. Do nothing with it. Let the thoughts be have their own kind of little independence. They don't belong to you. You think you have your thoughts? You, when you have a really terrible feeling, you think you're feeling something. There isn't anybody. So there's no way. I'm not saying you're not experiencing that. You have nerve endings in all the sense fields, including the mind. They're going to be abraded by things. So just so far as you can, train the mind so that you can get more and more, to use the fancy word, more and more objective about everything that's happening so that you don't believe this or disbelieve this or have little internal skirmishes with the nature of your mind and who you are. Fight with nothing. The only way you can tell, it's if, uh, if you can tell at all, that someone might be uh, realize they're awakened as they don't fight with anything or anybody. They have nothing to prove, nothing to say, anything, unless you ask them. Go ahead. I lost it for a second. So, um... I've lost it for years. <laughs> <laughs> so something about... So, 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 okay, so it's when it's... Um... So the the mental part of the, that fighting. So when I <clears throat> feel myself reacting to something, or or angry at that block or that closedness. Yes. It feels like it's not enough to just control my face or control my words. And when I know that there's there's war going on in my mind, just watch it. Don't try to get rid of the war. Don't go to war with any war. That's that's what people who have outwardly have really good intentions about being kind and everything. If they go into any kind of sphere other than their front room, anything public, the unexamined aggression will start to vibrate because there's so much horror and aggression in the world. Absolutely horrible stuff is going on. Keep your keep your distance from that when you're not ready to work with that. Train your mind first so that you've totally understood your own aggression. 
not gotten rid of it, not tried to be a special aggressionless person. You're very familiar with who you are. Uh, if it's done thoroughly, this is called, no one may ever, ever call it this, but the closest thing that it would come to in the conventional Western sense would be humility. Even though you're very clear about things, there's no one who has a bunch of puffed up pride about it. So the kind of pride you have is hard to see, but it's visible, it's there. And so I would say, train your mind. And when when you can't help, when you see you can't help somebody, that is compassion. That is compassion. Helping somebody and getting accolades or compliments or, or, you know, oh, you've helped me so much. People say that to me a lot. People always lie to me. And I watch them lie. But I don't correct them. That's up to you to do that. If you don't respect people's confusion, then they won't have the respect for it that they should have, which means they need to be aware of it. You need to be aware of a rabbit dog. You don't need to cover them up with a tarpaulin. You need to be aware of it. And that's painful, especially when the ego has not been seen through yet. And it just gets twice necessary to have a teacher. Somewhat of an opinion. But on the other hand, I'm also... Some, I just had someone the other day come and say, yeah, I don't really want to ask me for precepts and ask me then I had to do this and, and then decided, you know, I don't think I really want to do that. I said, well, good, good luck. Good, do whatever you want. Stay in touch. I said, well, can I come back and still meditate here? Yeah, you can meditate. Of course. So, but, you know, people <laughs> jockeying for position. But the feeling that you can't help is, uh, that's, that's compassion. Because you probably can't. And, and I would take that further as to say that person has to heal himself. Yeah, they have to do it. And the, the best thing you can probably do, if I may say it this uh, in such a definite way, is just be with them. Look in their eyes, look at them. And if you say anything, say, it sounds difficult. You don't have to run away and say, you're going to have to do it yourself. They're not ready to hear that. But you could say it sounds difficult. And they sometimes I've had, I had someone not too long ago, well, a couple of years ago, come and yelled at me and just berated me because I wasn't helping him. And you're helping everyone else. And you're not helping me. And so I, I said, go away for a year. She, she never has come back. Did I do something wrong? I don't deal in right and wrong in that way. I don't, I, I don't, I don't make decisions. This, this shows, the situation shows me what I need to do. So and you can work with that too, but if you if you block out the situation with some kind of idea about the situation, then you uh, have uh, what's the four of the top title? Uh, not close. Just exercising your memory. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes. How do you ask for help? That's that's a pretty good question. I. I would, and I could probably respond to that, but I think maybe if you, if you elaborate it a little bit more. Somebody's asking her for help, mm-hmm. and she sees how her pride's in the way and wants to help, but she really can't. Mm-hmm. But the other person needs something. So, how can that person ask me, or, you know, if I'm the person asking for help, is there a way to go about that or just understand this transaction? Yeah. I, yeah. A transaction. I think it's so situational that that if you the you're going to know your own wisdom mind, which you may have not seen yet or recognized, but it's there, it's there, it's there in everybody. It's it's there in uh, everybody. Sometimes it shows up more in children until they get indoctrinated into thinking they're somebody. Yeah, I've got an education and all the crap really on little people. It's horrible. But that's part of the society, and we're pushed into it. So uh, look at the wall a lot. Look at the wall and and work with the very question you're asking me. Work with that in its in its very very subjective state of the way in which you uh, feel put upon. You know, the um, health things that you're going through right now are really challenging. Really good time to you know use it as a teaching. Use it as a teaching. We don't know what's going to happen. But we know what's happening right now, frustration and some fear. we just look at it. Just take it to the wall. There's nothing to solve. There's nothing to do with the vow we all took this morning. Be with all things. It's just a very simple statement. Be with all, whatever happens, don't object. Don't agree. 
and certainly don't distract yourself or look away. That's anyone who can do that. Uh, and and it's it's a you have to do it to start with. And at some at some point, it just becomes you. You're not separate from what you've been. You're just not separate from it. So then there's no credential involved. You don't get to be somebody. The only way I wear these, this uh, thing here is so that you guys will listen to me for a little while. As I've said before, if I wore a straw hat and came in here in boxing shorts, they boxing shorts still? No, you'd be kind of repulsed. Or, or you, or you would listen. You would, might listen, but I probably wouldn't say anything, and I probably wouldn't do that. But I might. Go ahead. Um, I met with a parent because their child has challenging behaviors, yes. and I explained to them. You just have to be with your child, pretty much kind of what you're saying, but they were looking for a strategy. Yeah. And so what do you do when you know what they want, but you also, in a sense, know what they need? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing away with strategies. I'm not going the other direction saying don't do anything. And, you know, somebody might, I've had people come to me even recently that I've changed their whole meditation because they come to me and they tell me what's happening. And I say, okay, close your eyes, which I never teach that. I teach chicken thousand, but I, I'm always waiting for, that's why I say, talk to me about it. Come and say, uh, this is happening, that's happening. I have somebody closing their eyes for the first 20 minutes of their meditation. And I actually have them, uh, this particular person, counting their breath. One to 10, one to 10, one to 10, because of the difficulty they're dealing with. They, they're in a situation where they, they don't need to do chicken thousand. Chicken thousand is too open to meditate. Well, somebody's having difficulty then so it's always very situational but you know it's hard to do that out of the situation uh, itself because the difference between the situation and our concepts about the situation unless you're very very clear if you're confused about who you are if you, if you haven't found out who you are then you will impute ideas about that that are based on trying to improve or get better or succeed uh, the feeling of succeeding you have to work on something at, at you're, you're starting to cross a river and you look at a log that's laying in the river and you size it up, you look at it. And some people might say, well, never step on a log in the river. But, you know, you could, this particular log you've never seen before is part of it anchored on the shore. Are the roots going down to the ground where it's not going to move? If I push on it, I can't really push on it with my entire weight, so I can't really test it. I'm just using this as a metaphor. And the it's a... Is it, does it seem to be solid? It's just a simple situation, but it's something we 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 look at right away, and it's situational. I can, you know, I'm either going to have to go downstream, where the where the river is much wider, or I'm going to have to afford wade across the river. But I might be able to step on that. So it's situational. So same thing with you know with any. But but if if you're not if you haven't got the quite a bit of clarity about who you are, what your motivations are, and you're you're no longer operating out of as I say over and over again, because I think it's a fairly good metaphor, you're still stuck up in here, paranoia. You're still stuck down here, fear. You're coming out of your heart. There are no mistakes. This does not think. This does not feel. This is not separate. And it's just not, it's not the blood, blood pumping device. That's going to go away. This never goes away because it's never appeared. Something has never appeared, it can't vanish. This is called a spiritual path. If you don't see it and you're interested, then keep practicing. If you're not interested, then do something else. Be a successful uh, mystery writer. Pam. Where's the woman who said you're not helping me? She's asking me to be close. <laughs> Damn, do I know? I, I knew her fairly well, so I worked with her quite a bit, but I, I, I can't have somebody in the Hojo yelling at me. No, I even tried to yell. I mean, when I say tried, I mean, I yelled back at her a little bit. And and, uh, and there have been a lot of different things happening. And sure, her particular style and her way of, and she was not meditating, she was not practicing as much as, so she she was kind of a student. She, you know, functioned that way. And it's been a while back. I'm not concerned, uh, particularly. I mean, I, I think about her. I feel kind of sad because I think uh, she she would come to me. And then so if somebody comes to me as a student and then totally ignores what I say to do, train your mind. We have a whole monastery. There's no fees there. It doesn't cost anything. 
we figure out ways to keep everything going without putting that burden on anybody, as you know. And uh, people, the, there's you know, from nine in the morning to nine at night, uh, every weekday and half of Saturday and part of Sunday, you can come and some there'll be somebody there to dawn, to like as Kozan was doing, strike the bell. Set. We do some sutras, but that's quite a bit. Usually it's all meditation. So to come back to your uh, what you're asking about, could you go a little deeper into that? Okay. Um, if I may, you know, share a personal experience. Certainly. Louder, please. Right? A little louder, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, I had an experience recently where I was attempting to help someone who um, was uh, became very angry, and I feel became very angry because my thinking was not in alignment with their thinking. Uh-huh. And I listened to the verse very carefully, and he said, "I think that we are not a good fit for each other." Mm-hmm. The person became even angrier. So I was thinking about. Isa, thinking about her position, and uh, and then your story about this moment. I've been trying to process this. I've had a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Process this for the last couple of weeks. Yes. But it, it seemed to me that this individual that I had this experience with was asking me to be on some closed channel, mm-hmm. and that's why I asked you the question. Yeah. Similar. That clarifies. Yeah. yeah. And so, you have a question about it? I just wondered if, if you um, had the thought that perhaps she was asking you to be, I'm talking about not closed and open, was she asking you to be closed in some way? Maybe. Could be. It's hard to know. Uh, don't, don't read minds, but uh, I don't miss them. I just don't interpret them. So whatever shows up, I don't have ideas about it. So therefore, how I relate to someone comes out of, I don't know where it comes from, but I, I don't really, I don't do much thinking. If I, did, if I thought very much, I'd run out of your screaming. <laughs> Literally. Uh, you know, years ago, couldn't have done this. Way too self-conscious to do this kind of work. So, um, and my, though you didn't ask the question, the way uh, I would have related to your situation is not much. I wouldn't have offered anything at all. I would have been a failure and let them quit. Which is yeah. Huh? Yeah, that is what happened. It did. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that was successful. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ningda from Australia has a question. No. Thoughts and emotions can seem wise. How not to do math with these? Just watch the math. Just in, uh, what Ning Da is asking about is the calculation. Something happens and we immediately start to calculate. It's just the nature of uh, we, we, we misunderstand the thought process. That we need the thought process to build a table, to wash our hands, to fix food, to you know, uh, be an architect to it. We need that. We need that. But we tend to, when this, when the imagined or imputed or unreal identity or self gets afraid or gets magnetized into some kind of heaven realm or something you're going to make get somewhere, then the thought process comes in uninvited and starts to mix it up in such a way that the, intu- the intuition, you could say, or whatever is left of it, is just sh- shot to hell. And it's not because it, the thought process is too paranoid. Doesn't trust it. No, no, no. You're not. And then, and then we go the other way, and we say, "I'm just. It's just my gut feeling, which is fear." I'm just using this. I don't know where anything's at. Maybe your heart's in your elbow. I don't. Yes. Is it helpful to talk about the confusion? No. Unless you're talking in your case, unless you're talking to me, discuss it with no one. You don't need the. You don't need you. You don't need input from anybody else about your confusion other than me. And why, why am I saying that? You want a teacher? You've got one. If you don't want a teacher, then fire me. You know, but you could do that. People people do it every now and then and say, hey, no, you don't want to be your student anymore. And I say, okay, well, good luck. I don't need students. 
You follow me? I mean, that's a really good question. I don't get that very often. But when I do, it's and it's all, it's not a blanket statement. It's uh, a lot of it has to do with what I know about you that we've never discussed, that you have never discussed with me. But what I already know, I'm, like I said, I'm not a mind reader. I just pay attention. Give everything your attention. Uh, stop producing and start receiving. Receive, 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 receive. The most powerful form of compassion, as you heard me say, it's probably getting irritating to hear me say it, but the most powerful form of compassion that you can can do or give, uh, give is to give everything your attention. We, we tend to the, the very we tend to be greedy with our awareness. We we tend to take our attention away because we want to think about something else. We don't really want to receive somebody's uh, running off the mouth about how wonderful they are, or how much trouble they're in, or. You know, we somebody we tried to help several times by saying, you know, you could do this or this and this, and they're back again as the same circularity, uh, still running that same thing down. And so, you know, and we want to say, oh, what did I tell you? <laughs> you should you should divorce that guy or whatever? Have I told you that over and over again? Not you, no. Not you should guys, you shouldn't divorce him. You'll <laughs> be okay for a while. <laughs> so. But that kind of uh, right and wrong mentality, it kind of goes under the radar uh, of the, your wisdom mind, but it does not go under the radar of the ego because the ego is actually using it to get its way to reinforce the self-centered, self-centeredness, narcissism of me. I'm the one who's succeeding or I'm the one who knows things and so on. And when I say don't discuss it with anyone, anyone I'm not saying you shouldn't, with your mate or someone, you shouldn't have a conversation about things, but wouldn't go into it too much because if, especially if this person is not training their mind, they're going to be so glued to their thought patterns of right and wrong that you may be fine as long as they're feeling good. But if they start feeling difficult, you're going to get blamed. And that makes it harder for you to deal with the very mind that you're trying to work with to see deeply. What does it mean to praise and blame? So you're trying to work on anybody on this path for any length of time. That's one of the things you start to look at is the whole idea of right and wrong and seeing how this is just a very mischievous kind of setup that created by the self-centered mind uh, from uh, the Emperor Constantine all the way down to the current head of whatever's happening. A question from Mark in Oklahoma City. He asks, if you've done something terribly hurtful to another and feel a deep need to atone, should you allow the other to suffer in isolation without making gestures to atone. And secondly, is trying to fix Let's the hurt. The first one first. Okay. Give it to me again. Okay. If you've done something terribly hurtful to another and feel a deep need to atone, should you allow the other to suffer in isolation without making gestures to atone? So, so this is this is a huge, it's almost a stage set. So don't do it. Don't don't. You don't know what they're happening with them. They might not even be thinking about you. They might be fixing food, and you might be the last thing. So we don't really know. It's we carry others in our own consciousness. We don't see it, but we we think we're thinking about them, but we're actually thinking about our idea of them. There's no way you can know who anyone is. We don't even know who we are, and yet we're all about thinking about what somebody else is thinking about what we're thinking, or thinking about what somebody's thinking about what we're thinking about what we're thinking about somebody else. It's just a, if you start to see it, it starts to, you start to see it. And usually that can happen through the sitting practice. And which means that sitting practice usually shows us how really confused we are. That's why it can start to feel worse. And sometimes people will stop. Well, I, I meditated for a while, but uh, boy, just, I'm not going to do that anymore. I just feel worse. So now I'm going to therapy and much better. Sure. It's going to be better, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm against therapists or psychiatrists or, some of my best friends, <laughs> but it's just a different way of working with the mind. Some people can't, aren't going to be able to do this. You can see how popular this is. The small second floor. It's not only a few people are have any interest, and, and some people are, are not going to go any further with it. And so some people really need therapists, psychiatrists, and people to talk to about the nature of their thoughts and so on. So I would say, go back to that question. I would say, don't do anything with that. Don't uh, uh, the apology, apologize once. If you have already apologized, don't do it anymore. The first time actually might be you actually feel bad about it or feel sorry. And that's all. You, if you do any more, then it's about you wanting to be off the hook. 
there fundamentally isn't any hook that you haven't created. The old guilt idea is just a highly polished, sophisticated form of me, 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 and my life, my stuff, my feelings, and, and uh, also the, 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 the imagine imagining that they're like uh, being said there that they're off. Should I let them do? They don't know what they're doing. As less is better. Don't do anything with it. Deal with it yourself. Deal with it if you're if this person is a meditator. What's the person's mark? Which mark is he? Memory. Mark. Is that Mark? <laughs> okay. I'm going to answer that a little bit differently. <laughs> Mark, don't do anything with it. If you want to do something, face the wall. Sit down, hold still, face the wall. Do a lot of it. Not just an hour a day. Do more. Do some block setting four hours at a time. And because the the understanding that what I'm hearing coming through without even knowing who was an, asking, I, I didn't have, uh, can't keep what city he's in <laughs> straight. So yeah, the most important thing is to train the mind rather than go out. No, no production. Don't do any production. Just do reception. Sit down and receive the mind that come up with that question in the first place. Look closely at that mind. If you don't, you'll continue to spin in circles albeit sophisticated, albeit most of the world will look at you and admire you or, or me or anyone else doing pretty good. Find out. Train your mind to see clearly so that you won't, won't have to ask me anything. So like the second half of this question. Sure. <laughs> Is trying to fix the hurt, satisfying the ego, and thus a selfish act? No, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say selfish. It's just a, a way that the you know, we don't need to go to selfish or generous. Those those things are, are so easy to, you know, they're so, um, it's like scrambled eggs. You know, where'd the egg go? It's in there somewhere. We take the very situation, you know, the actual yolk, very clear, and then we scramble it. You know, stuff that you can't really find out what, what is happening or it gets very difficult. So I would say less is better. Don't do anything with it. Yes. Gary. Is the apology always relative then? Well, sure. You, you, you can't be blamed for anything. You get credit for nothing. You can't. Blame is a misunderstanding of dependent origination. It's not that somebody didn't, I didn't hit this. But what is missed? Where did this come from? Who created this hand? I didn't make this hand. This is not my hand. It is a hand that's connected with this particular situation. And I don't have to go around saying I have no hands. Not talking about a proclamation, but an awareness that who you think you are isn't isn't exactly uh, separate from everything else. We don't know where this came from. A sound happened, but it's dependently it's dependent on the metal. It's dependent on this brass. Could have come from India. It could have come from Sudetenland, which used to be right next to Germany. But we don't know where it came from. We don't know who made this. Who made these little lines in here? Where they go? Where are those people? I mean, the, just being uh, silly about it, but it's like we don't, anytime anything happens, it's dependent. The, the, this is what the uh, said in the sutra in the Sandokai, mountains and rivers, or not mountains and rivers, but uh, tributary streams flow through the darkness. It means that anything that happens, if you start to look any deeper into it, it starts to go back into the darkness, which means dependent origination from beginning with time. There's no solid individual anywhere. We're all, we're all created as a manifestation in this physical realm called uh, uh, the realm of desire. Well, it's a composite. It's, it's a compounded. It's, it's a conditioned situation that has a duration to it. But who you actually are has never been created, has never come into existence, and therefore cannot pass out of existence. Think about that a little bit. Just reflect on that a little bit. It's powerful. Yes. I don't really know the question, but it's something. What is what is a helpful response when someone says, "How are you?" Well, anything that comes up, pretty much. I, a lot depends on just on the person. And what if confusion comes up, and it's not helpful to no. talk about? Well, then you've already said, "Don't don't talk about." Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, lie. It's not about not lying. Our precept, one of our was the third one. It's not about not lying. Just like when it says don't kill, you got to kill something. 
You can't live without killing something. And what we do is we differentiate and think that celery is more important than a rabbit. You know, somehow the celery is, uh, you know, you don't have any eyes, so you eat that. You need to respect not only the celery, but rocks. Just because they don't, their consciousness is not like yours. It's, a, it's an incredible form of ignorance and prejudice. I don't think you need rocks, of course, but, but don't, when I say lie, I'm just saying, look at the person. This person does not want the truth from you. They don't want to hear. They don't want that. They, you know, they want to go along in a merry way. You can, if you want to, it depends on who it is. You might say, oh, things are up and down. But, you know, but if you're actually having deep uh, feelings of, of feeling uh, depressed, then one of the things you can start doing, stop calling it depression. Don't buy into any concepts about anything. As soon as you call something depression, you stop looking at the very thing that you're, just like if you, this goes on and on. It's a lie. Feeling great. How are you doing? You can turn it around that way. I don't have to say, feeling great. You don't have to do that. (laughs) You would look funny saying that. But you could say, okay, how's it going with you? You could turn it around like we often do. It's just a cultural politeness. What is that um, energy yes. around feeling someone is, you feel that they need some, something more from your answer? Pride, yours. You knew that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't get rid of that. Anytime you have any kind of feeling, negative, positive, negative, neutral, even if it's wanting to murder somebody, do not cover that up. It's very dangerous to do that. Just be a murderer that doesn't murder. You have to, it's difficult to understand that conceptually unless you've done some mind training. Unless you've sat down and watched how really incredibly insane the mind is. And, and you have to get rid of your insanity. To try to get rid of your insanity is insanity. The very nature of that is insanity. This is why it's a spiritual path, not a mundane. This is not about getting better. This might be about getting worse until you actually see the original uh, uh, warfare that started the beginning of this particular lifetime, which Causes and conditions again more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juzan from the monastery asks, "What is a moment?" So a moment is a word, of course, that 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 points at something that has no dimension, and it's a it's something that there isn't anything but this moment. Uh, that's not a, a, a it's not a, a particular elimination of things. It's just seeing that that there, it's always now. It's always this. So, and, and this does not lead to anything else. If you think that it does, then you'll be pulled around by your emotions, your thoughts, your hopes, your fears. But you can actually, as a as has been said, it works works okay. But it it, it it doesn't work well because first you have to see the way you keep vacating everything, and the way you keep shutting down on everything, and the way you keep grasping at your opinions for some kind of lifeboat because because of fear. And just be genuine, be here, be vulnerable. Uh, and I hesitate to say it this way, but be open. How do you do that? By seeing the way you're closed. Have to, it's, it's difficult. So this moment has no dimensions. A minute, you can you can measure. It starts and then there's 30 seconds later. And that way there's 30 seconds in that. <laughs> you, mean, you mean in Europe it's different? Yeah. yeah it's metric over here. Metric minutes. This, Mayun on there, Mayun. You have to send me a text. Let me know. She will. So, um, a moment is to come back to that. Is a, it's just a, a word that that talks about something about just this. There's no, there's no dimension. It does, doesn't have a starting and a beginning. Where the minute does, a second does. Everything it can be broken up, but you can't divide a moment up into parts. So it's always just, just this. And even that, when I say justice, and I, move, I make this kind of a gesture, justice, that's extra. I just, I just clouded the whole thing. You're not separate from the moment. If you think you see anything, 
then it's it's some kind of dimensional dimensionality, and you're buying into time and space uh, like the whole world is doing. So if you try to if you're succeeding at something, then this is very fishy. Are we done? One more question, if there is one. Any any questions from the loges? <laughs> Anything? Any advice on raising children from birth on? Yeah. Just keep an open mind. Yeah, I think uh, don't let them play with sharp objects. <laughs> uh, you know, keep pr protect them. But uh, uh, and you know, as you say, you know, as we say, feed and clothe and all the, the things we all know about. And insofar as you can, mind your own business uh, and do it through example. That's really powerful. They are they are watching you, like as they say, the metaphor, like hawk, watching, watching. How do you function? How do you function? If you have a dispute with someone, how do you work with that? So that there, that's what they're looking at. But you don't have to if you're already. Uh, working with your own insanity, which is called sanity. If you're working with your own insanity, then even though it might not feel so good to you sometimes, those little people are watching. There's a, there's a, people, children start out with their wisdom mind and slowly get it covered up by society and culture, uh, unless you lived in, in the 14th century in, uh, in uh, Colorado, Wyoming, with indigenous people. It seems like there's a lot of wisdom going on then. Uh, even in this area here, uh, there's a sense that the, the, be the people that we trampled on to come in here because of because of cultures. But I, I would say um, a lot of uh, a lot of just receiving whatever they're doing rather than particularly teaching. They'll ask you what they want to know. They'll actually tell you the education they need by saying, "What about?" I remember asking my stepfather. We were going across Candy Bridge down in Florida in 1950, I think it was. I think I was eight or nine. And I said, what can you tell me about Jesus? <laughs> I thought, well, you know, but what's interesting is even though I was eight or nine, I knew he didn't know anything about it. But I was like, let me see what he has to say about this. Because I thought I could learn something by my stepfather, who uh, who had a good heart, but had trouble locating it. He was always covering it up with the shovels full of me, me, me. And, uh, and he, he was, he was quite, uh, it was quite good. He says, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. I said, do you believe in that? Well, I'm not too sure. And then, uh, and then I, I, I thought that's about all I need to know about from him. And then I switched over to looking down the river. And then instead of telling what I saw, I invented a boat with uh, paddle wheels on it and people going down the river. And I asked him, did you see that boat with the paddle wheels? <laughs> he said, no, I didn't see that. But he really wasn't interested in it. So the lie worked. <laughs> so I had to lie. So I would say as much as you can receive. And if you're busy, if you're, when I say busy, if you're actually receiving your own thoughts without clamping them or shutting them down, you're willing to feel your own negativity without correcting them. It's very difficult to do that. The ego mind wants to be better, wants to improve. That's why you, that's not, you don't necessarily need one, but that why some people need a teacher. You need somebody who can give you feedback that will not bullshit you. They're not interested in making money. They're not interested in being a success and they're not interested in their, in their reputation. But every, when, when they talk to you, there isn't anybody but you. And that doesn't mean there's something happening here, but there's not a solid being here anymore. So that is what I would say in terms of relating to your uh, your children or any children. It's just them. It's not about you. It's completely give everything to them. And that means give, give it your complete attention and don't meddle, even though they're four years old or eight years old. Protect them and allow them to experience bumping into things. Allow them to experience their negativity. Allow them to experience their minds. Uh, support them. So they can mature instead of getting stunted at a particular age because of people's input and criticism. Criticism in that that time is extremely hard. It's just, it's just the only upside of what I got is it probably helped me get to doing this kind of work. Yes. 
Um, just a quick kid story, which you started to remind me of. I was walking with a young four-year-old, and she goes, do you know some people believe in Jesus? <laughs> yeah, that, that and, and I go, yeah. oh, um, I wonder what you believe in. And she goes, oh. Yeah, I like that. What a little sage. Wow. That's great. Can I meet her someday? It's like the little sage that's sitting downstairs with headphones. Okay. Stand down, Kate, when you're it. It's in the back of the camp. I'd also like to mention that we do um, rely on your uh, financial help to keep things moving and going and support the monastery and so on and the sign up here so you can go on PayPal. We also have a donation box downstairs. You're welcome to contribute to. Thank you always for your generosity. into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Oh, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist community and the places we practice, our families, friends, and all beings. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 